Hello guys, welcome to another episode of Chronicles of Life. Today we have a special guest, Victoria Winterford. Victoria is a lifestyle coach. She's an ex-TV star in MTV's Celeb X on the Beach and Celebs Go Dating. She's a certified personal trainer and a nutrition advisor. She's also a social media influencer and in this episode she will share some tips how to grow your personal brand on Instagram and she will share with us her journey of her eating disorder when she was younger. A really interesting and inspired conversation. Good, thank you. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. Thank you for uh, accepting my invitation. Oh, I know. Take number two. (laughs) Take number two, yes, exactly. How was your day? Yeah, it's not been too bad. It's yeah. been busy because obviously it's International Women's Day. So yeah, there's true. loads of rooms going true. on. It's, um, yeah, it's a bit of a crazy day today, but it's, it's good, not too bad. True, 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 true. Um, so, for the people who don't know, um, Victoria is a, is a lifestyle coach. She's an ex-MTV celebrity TV star. Uh, correct me if somewhere I'm wrong, okay, Victoria? <laughs> and um, she's a, a certified PT and a nutritional advisor. She's also a Greek Cypriot, which I'm very proud of. And uh, so, yeah, um, Victoria, tell us about your story. You were born in Essex. Yeah, so um, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Sure. So yeah, kind of kind of hit that on the head, uh, Spiro. So I'm a fitness and a lifestyle coach. I'm a social media influencer and a TV personality. Um, I featured on MTV's Celeb X on the Beach, which was aired last year. I've also done um, Celebs Dating back in 2017. I've always grown up in Essex so I done Miss Universe Essex in 2015 which I won and then took part in Miss Universe Great Britain the same year and came first runner up and um, yeah Greek Cypriot background as like yourself but um, yeah so now I'm moving more into the mindset side of things really focusing on um, wealth and health and nutrition and just ultimately helping people become the best versions of themselves cool cool so tell us about a little bit from, you know, where, where you were born in Essex, right? You weren't born in Greek or in Cyprus. Yeah, so I've lived here my whole life. So my mum is Greek Cypriot. So obviously my, my papu, my granddad, he's uh, he's Greek, he's Cypriot. And then my side is English. Well, we've got a few bits in us. We've got English, Italian, German. I actually done my DNA test the other day, so I kind of know exactly where I come from, which is really, really exciting now. I'm part Scottish as well, um, so I think I've got Italian, there's some French, there's some Egyptian in there. So, yeah, all round the board, really, from all over the world. Cool, cool. I mean, how was, uh, how was the DNA test? I mean, how do you actually kind of, you know, the route, how you actually find out the... Uh... Yeah, so it's called um, Ancestry DNA, and it's weird because I've actually got my cousin Jade, who's uh, who's sitting in the audience listening, so she should be interested in this. Um, but it's called Ancestry DNA, and 
ultimately it's just a DNA cheek swab that you do and you send it off to the lab results and I suppose they put it into their database of people that have done the test and and then you come back with exactly what percentage of the world you are from or whereabouts you're from and it tells you a little bit about your history and then um, obviously it gives you hints on, on who else is in your ancestry as they like to call it and it's super super interesting actually so it's been nice to find out exactly where I'm from in the world and, and where my heritage lies. I really have to do that test as well because I'm really, really curious to see if I'm 100% Greek or not. <laughs> okay. I know. Do you know okay. what? I was the same and I think I'm actually only 10% or no, it's 18% Greek. Um, I'm more, I think I'm more German than I am Greek Cypriot, which is very strange and uh, not something I know. <laughs> okay. Okay, so tell us a little bit about when you were a kid. I mean, you were, um, uh, as, as, as I remember, you were working in Abercrombie. Was your first job? Yes, yes. So my first job, I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch. So I started off as a dancer. So I was a dancer and a model. So for me, it was finding jobs that were flexible enough to allow me to go to my castings and go to auditions and train myself so I didn't go to university um, I went straight from college into the world of work and training and working and trying to be an aspiring performing arts in the in that industry is quite difficult so I worked at Abercrombie in a clothing store I worked at Snog the frozen yogurt place I then went on to work at a company called Protein World. So I was in charge of their influencer campaigns um, from the UK, USA, Canada, America, kind of worldwide. I worked in a design company, PA. So I think I flitted in and out of so many different jobs because I really didn't understand my purpose growing up. I didn't understand where I wanted to be and who I wanted to be. So people used to say to me, oh, you go from, you can't hold down a job. You go through so many different jobs. And every single job I had done was from a different industry. And that was purely because I didn't understand the industry I really wanted to be in. So I didn't really have much direction in my life growing up. I just knew that at that time I loved dancing. I didn't mind the modeling industry. It was very lucrative. And probably if I could have gone back, I wouldn't have changed anything. But it didn't really... It, it created quite a negative mindset for me, the modeling industry. And it's not something that I probably would necessarily going to now again even though I'm much stronger as a person I still think it, it comes back to how I felt at the time and how it led me into a bit of a deep dark hole within myself which is a little bit deep but um, it's part of my story if I'm honest and, and part of why I'm, I'm here today and, and where I am today so yeah starting up I was just a girl in London trying to graft her way into the performing arts sector Okay, cool, cool. Uh, you said about your purpose. Uh, do you right now find your purpose? Do you actually? Yeah, know? I am. Um, I do. Do you know what? This was spoken about um, a little while ago. I feel like at the beginning of last year, before we went into lockdown um, here in the UK, I I just come off of the show. I thought it was amazing. I was going to all these events. I was working with all these different brands. And then suddenly everything got taken from us. Suddenly we were then in lockdown. Um, COVID was huge. 
we didn't know what to do. We were stuck in our houses. We was bored, and we couldn't do anything. And I felt like I actually lost my purpose during last year. I didn't really know who I was. I didn't really know the the route I wanted to go down. I just I lost my direction again, and I wasn't focusing on the right things in life. And it wasn't actually until I think Clubhouse came about that I have really started to find my purpose. I've connected with the most incredible individuals. I found that spark of something that I never knew I had inside me. I have people messaging me all the time now saying how my voice is helping them. And for me, that's all I've ever wanted. I've only ever wanted to help people and impact the world. And as much as I love social media, I mean, Instagram, I've got over 53,000 followers on Instagram. I'm verified on Instagram. But the thing is with Instagram is that it is very visual, which is a good thing and a bad thing. But sometimes the visual aspect of it can take away your message. And that's why I love, I've fallen in love with Clubhouse because it's all about the spoken word. It's about sharing your message through what you have to say rather than what you look like. So for me, I finally found that purpose in a sense that I just want to help as many people ultimately become the best versions of themselves, remove those limiting beliefs, remove any obstacle that may have stopped us from achieving those goals that we set for ourselves on a daily basis. So yeah, I suppose I've probably found my purpose within the last month, which is very strange. I'm 28 years old, I'm 29 this year, and I never thought it would take me this long to find my purpose in life. But yeah, I suppose we uh, we never know what life is going to throw to us. Yeah, we never know because, you know, you said you're 29. Other people are 40 and 50 that, that didn't have a purpose yet in their life. So, I mean, you're quite young. So, uh, what I would like to ask you that if we, when, when, as we slowly go back to normal from at least in fully two months, are you think that you're still going to be fully with Clubhouse or you might actually do something else since the reality will go back to normal? Um, I mean, I think with everyone, there's the clubhouse will slowly drop off to an extent just purely because even you've seen today and where children are going back to school now and people starting to go back to work, that time that we could have put into clubhouse, we're not going to have as much time anymore. So I always say that with clubhouse, it's about utilizing that time wisely, which is why at the moment, I'm using it as much as I can just to be able to grow within the app and create that safe space. And I think that as the clubs start to, well, as the club gets, well, I say as Clubhouse grows, people are growing within the app. Um, I think that I will be putting just as much time into Clubhouse as long as I'm utilizing it wisely. However, I still want to get out into the world of of the media and TV and media and that's not necessarily me saying I want to do any more reality TV shows but I want my message to help as many people as I said before so if that can be done through TV through media through things like presenting that's definitely something that I want to look into doing so yeah who knows what this year is gonna uh, provide for any of us I suppose we, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, let alone in, in three months' time. Yeah, that's true. We can make a plan. We can make. We can even book holidays. I mean, it's really, it's really weird times that we're living. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Let's go back a little bit to um, to you know when you were a reality TV star. What, how you decide to be involved with um, you know TV shows and stuff? So it's actually a very strange story. So I never thought I would get involved in TV ever. And it was, like I said, it was in 2017. And I used to, when I was a dancer, it was alongside, I don't know if you've heard of Diversity, the dance group. So I used to train at their studio. And I was, well, I still am very close with with all the guys. And the season that I took part in with Celebs Go Dating, the previous season um, was my friend Perry Kylie. So he done that season. And I remember... diversity's tour and the producers from slip go dating were there as well so perry actually introduced me to them and we was all speaking and then they're like oh we think you should do season three and i was like no definitely not i'm not interested <laughs> in it and the next thing i know i was filming i was taking part and what was meant to be one day of filming turned into about two months of filming um and it was, it was a whirlwind, it was amazing. And, and when it came out, it was the first kind of show I'd ever really done. I loved every part of it. And everyone said, you come across so well, you should definitely look into doing this further. So I thought, okay, I'll just see. And then because of that show and the people that I dated on that show, that then led to me being asked to do Celebrity X on the Beach. So one show kind of led into the other. And again, with Celeb X, that was uh, more of a reality because it was kind of in the middle of, say, Big Brother and Love Island. So it was a very strange show. It was was filming for just over three weeks again um, in Marbella. And it was obviously being filmed 24 hours a day, cameras everywhere, mics on you. So... I, again, I loved it, and reality was never really something that I'd ever thought of doing. Obviously, coming from Essex, and I've been around reality TV stars my whole life with The Only Way is Essex, and I never thought that that would be something I'd ever really be interested in getting into. But I'm one of these people where I kind of take every opportunity if it comes to me because I never want to be at a stage where I would say, oh, what if I'd done that? And I believe that everything happens for a reason and you're meant to do everything in life for that reason so I listen to my gut a lot and if I feel like I should do something I'll just do something and then if it doesn't work out then it wasn't meant for me cool cool of course you know uh, we have to take our chances in the front of our life you know if as you say if it's meant to be it's meant to be you just have to take a chance and try different things in life and since you know you're from Essex and you've been uh, surrounding about uh, you know all this TV stars from actually the only way is Essex was my first TV show that I was watching back in Greece before I came in London. So to, just to get used to the accent, but the Essex accent is kind of different. So it was uh, really, really, really difficult. Weird. It's, it's different. I mean, everyone says yeah. that I've got a bit of a posh Essex accent. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm like in the middle of London and Essex, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, was there any challenges? you being you know front of cameras front of microphones i mean that was your biggest challenge you know dealing with you know so many people so many microphones and cameras and it could be really really awkward i assume so i suppose my biggest challenge with regards to filming is that comparison and always thinking that you're doing something wrong so i suppose 
when you are being filmed 24-7 and there's production companies everywhere and because obviously they there are there is a production company there you are still being filmed properly I think you're constantly overthinking how you're going to be perceived and I'm very good with my words I know exactly what I want to say and when I want to say it and I'm very stubborn as you know the Greeks we're very stubborn people so <laughs> you'll never make me do anything I don't yeah. want to do you'll never make me say anything I don't want to say so I knew that I wasn't necessarily going to be manipulated to say things that I wasn't comfortable saying however you are always going to be worried about how you are going to be perceived because of the editing process after and how they edit the shows they can cut bits and pieces and ultimately put them wherever they want without your discretion so I think that was realistically my only fear whilst filming was how are they going to perceive me on the outside and because that's something that you have no control over so how did they do the editing yeah <laughs> how did they do did they done actually Did they cut something that you say that was important? And you mean like how they treat you in editing? No, do you know what? I think I was actually really lucky. Um, They didn't do anything to me that was nasty. I mean, the production company was incredible and the whole show was amazing. This is, I'm actually talking about uh, Celebrity X on the Beach. So MTV were just incredible the whole time. And they really wanted to create a show which was fun and lighthearted. Of course, there's going to be drama in shows. There always is. But um, they didn't want it to be a show which was full of negativity because reality TV at the moment has such a perception of being negative because of what has happened as a result of reality TV shows with regards to a few people that um, lost their life over the last couple of years and who are in the public eye. So I think reality tv now has a bit of a bad reputation and with celebrity x they wanted to create a show which was just fun and light-hearted and came back to just people telling their stories and just having a bit of fun so i was actually really lucky i think there was only one episode where maybe uh i wasn't too happy with the editing process but it didn't really spark a huge amount of negativity and I've got thick skin I've got super thick skin through being a model through being a dancer I'm used to people kind of chopping me down left right and center and I just pick myself back up and carry on so yeah I was actually very surprised and overall happy with the response good that's good because you know I've always you know when I'm watching TV stars I've always have in my mind that you know, it has to be a setup. It has to be a setup. It has to be a script. So that, it's not true? No, it's not actually. Um, some shows are. Some shows are completely scripted. Our one wasn't scripted. Um, they would set up situations. So for example, um, let's say some someone was talking about a specific subject naturally in the morning. The producer then come in and say, okay, could you maybe speak about that again, just so that they could film it properly. And then they may prompt you with certain things that they would maybe want you to add in or say. But no, it wasn't ever really scripted. Um, okay. They're very good with, I would say, manipulating your emotions slightly. Okay. But um, yeah, but no, there's no, uh, there's no scripted words, which is actually quite refreshing. Yeah, that's cool. That's, 
that's good to hear because you know I always have in my mind that you know it's it has to be set up it has to be but you know probably some they might do but at least in your uh, in your in your occasion wasn't so that's that's good uh, tell us tell us about a little bit of um, you know how was uh, which was your most challenging job that you oh, ever done. Sorry. Pardon? Sorry, I think I lost your mind. No worries. Which was your most challenging job that you ever done so far? From Abercrombie to a dancer to, you know, to Clubhouse. I was, which was your most... My most challenging job? Um, challenging job. Being a model, it, it looks very glamorous from the outside world. And people see you working with different brands and having your makeup done and going on photo shoots, what they don't see is the hours because you never think you're good enough when you don't get a job and you constantly think, why didn't I get that job? Why was that person better than me? Is it because I needed to be slimmer? Is it because I didn't have the right hair colour and X and you beliefs within your within your mind and it's really hard to then kind of come away from those limiting beliefs and know your self-worth and I preach so much now know your self-worth you're all amazing like it doesn't matter don't compare yourself to anyone else but I was a lot younger when I was modeling so I was very perceptible to what people would say and the external situations I found myself in so even though modeling for me was incredible in a sense that I many people um I had some amazing jobs. I traveled so much. I worked in different countries. I was taken skiing. I went to many different places abroad and it was amazing. Um, it still didn't give me any satisfaction in life. I didn't come away feeling satisfied that I had made an impact in the world. It was incredibly superficial and it don't get me wrong I had to grow as a person because I had to develop that thick skin but the modeling industry is not as glamorous as it all seems so I think maybe six or seven years being a model um, that was my most challenging time of my life definitely okay so modeling Um, go back to um, you know TV would you do that again being in yeah, the, 100%. Yeah. Um, I'd love to do TV again. I mean, it's very hard to get into TV now. But if I could choose any shows, I would choose I'm a Celebrity in the, you know, the Jungle, Get Me Out of Here. I would absolutely love to do The Jungle. <laughs> um, also, MasterChef and Bake Off, they're, they're my faves. Like, I absolutely love them. I'm such a cook. Like, again, a Greek. I love my food. I love <laughs> cooking. So I would definitely get into TV, but it would be for different reasons this time. And I think now I have such a strong message that I want to put across. I know that through TV and through the media, I'd definitely be able to spread it in a, in a more efficient way. To be honest, seeing you on uh, on your YouTube channel, you know, cooking um, 
and you know making brands and make all these kind of foodie things which is makes me really really hungry actually most of the times when I'm seeing that is I really you know picturing you being a like a master chef or something in the kitchen cooking while the top while the clock you know counts so I really <laughs> wanted to see you like you know try to cook something like in 20 minutes or in 10 minutes or uh, it's something that I really really want to see because I, I, I know you have really good ideas when it comes to food and stuff so it would be something that uh, you know I think people might count on you in the future so yeah no i love it and uh, i do need to do more of that i need to find more time to do some foodie filming yes you do um, you left yeah. it <laughs> um you know you spoke about your you know your your videos about your cooking and stuff uh really wanted to touch you know the those kind of challenges that you've done like 10,000 calories challenge like, yeah. <laughs> like I, 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 I don't know how you I mean in the end it was like 8,000 or something yeah so, so I think I managed to uh, get about eight and a half thousand so if anyone doesn't understand Jesus there was Christ. a challenge <laughs> on YouTube that was trending and it was called the 10,000 calorie challenge so it all derived from as soon as you hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube you would take part in the 10,000 calorie challenge so you would try and eat 10,000 calories in one day now uh, that this is probably one of the reasons I started my YouTube channel was just so I could do that challenge and um, I even though I hadn't hit 10,000 subscribers I still done the challenge just because I wanted to jump on the trend and it was probably the hardest day I've ever done trying to hit eat 10,000 calories in a day and you think it's easy I was eating Krispy Kremes, pizzas, Ben oh and Jerry's, burgers, <laughs> chips. I went in on the lot and I still didn't hit 10,000 calories. Yeah, so yeah. Um, even though we know that there's a lot of calories in the food we eat, you'd be surprised at how many, how much you need to eat to hit 10,000 calories. Like, if someone, like, you know, try, you know, going to gym and, you know, people want to build muscle, they eat around 2,000 calories a day. So you basically eat 10... Oh, 8,000, which means like it was like four days at one. <laughs> it just, exactly. Oh my exactly. God. I mean, I mean, we can do that on Christmas Day, but then just about how bad you feel on Christmas Day at the end of the day, <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, the food coma is real right now. How did you burn all this stuff? Oh, I probably didn't. <laughs> doesn't matter though, and, and that's the thing. It is, it is what it is, and I probably wow. didn't burn it all off, but uh, yeah. Yeah, but though, however, you had another another video that, you know, challenged to burn 5,000 calories a day. Yes, yeah. So uh, this was just before I started working at F45. Um, so I worked at F I work at F45 in Stratford teaching as a, as a trainer, personal trainer as well. So I was invited to their studios in Stratford just to take part in a couple of classes. So I thought rather than just do one class, I'm going to try and see how many classes I could do in a day. And I think I'd done about six or seven classes in one day. So they're 45 minute hit sessions. I'd done about four back to back and then I'd done two and then another couple in the evening. Yeah, and I think I burned way over 5,000 calories in one day. But it was difficult. It was, uh, it was tough. So... <laughs> I didn't aim to burn that many, but it just kind of happened. So I suppose it kind of outweighed some of the 10,000 calories I ate to an extent, but not really. To an extent, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, burning 5,000 calories, it's, 
you know, I'm working out a lot. I've never done it in my life. So, I mean, kudos to you. Like, even if you reach 4,000, for me, it's like a lot of sweat, a lot of blood and sweat. Yeah. Um, you know, now we're talking about, you know, calories and food. Uh, I really wanted to, you know, ask you about one video that you made about your eating disorder that you had yeah. in the past and, uh, you know, how you deal with that, how you overcome it, because I think it's really, really interesting, uh, uh, you know, uh, find out people how they overcome this uh, anxiety. Yes, so, um, so this was, again, back when I was taking part in this universe, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I, I was extremely slim, extremely, extremely slim, and I remember all of my friends and family would say to me, you're so skinny, you're losing so much weight. But I thought I looked great. I could see my abs. I was lean. Um, I thought I looked amazing. And at the time, I was severely, severely under eating. I was probably eating about seven to 800 calories a day. I was overtraining. And um, this was before I had taken part in any of my personal training courses and I was a PT myself so I knew nothing and actually it was just through social media through what I was looking and people doing all this high intensity training and it was the time when there was cauliflower rice pizza and there was healthy eating was an all-time high but there was no balance it was everything was low carb and low fat and keto this and skinny skinny this and skinny that and I really, I really took it upon myself to lose as much weight as I could to get in the best shape, but I ended up in hospital because of it, because I was so ill, I was so underweight, um, and I remember, so it was in 2015, and they said to me that if I don't start putting on weight and I don't start basically sorting myself out, then I'm going to be on the verge of having anorexia and I'm going to be severely, severely ill. So I came out of hospital, I took it upon myself just to start learning about food and nutrition, about training. So I'd done my personal training course just purely to learn, nothing more than that. I then started sharing my story on Instagram about what I was doing and the foods I was eating. And I suppose at the time it was difficult because again, coming from a very, uh, a family where food has been a, an integral part of my childhood growing up um, my family and my dad and I didn't want to eat any of his food because I was scared I didn't know what there was in it so I really secluded myself from my family and my friends especially going out socially found that really difficult because I was scared of eating anything going out so I suppose it took me at least three years for me to really work on myself and and find that self-love and self-worth and no I may not be a hundred percent better now as I like to say it takes years years and years and years for people to recover from an eating disorder and some people never recover fully fully recover and you may always have that five percent kind of battle with yourself of of the your devil that you have inside you and we all have a voice in our heads that maybe doesn't work to our greatest capabilities and, and for me that was mine so for me it was just finding my self-worth learning to love myself surrounding myself with the right people who are bringing me up rather than trying to push me back down and it's been it's been hard it has been extremely hard but I think I'm finally at a place now where 
I'm completely comfortable within myself and my body and my mental state and my mind. So that's another reason why now I'm so... I want to help so many people, especially the younger generation, as much as I can because where they are, they're like little sponges growing up and everything on social media now, no one kind of knows who to look to, where to turn to and who to listen to. So for me, it's creating that safe space and giving the younger generation that voice to be heard. Um, so, yeah, eating disorders, I mean, I'm no specialist. I'm, I'm no so psychologist to be able to help people in that extent. But, um, yeah, it's something that I struggled with a lot and it really affected mm. my mental health mm. and probably even my family's as well. Yeah, I think, Victoria, you may be not, uh, you know, as you say, a psychologist or something, but, uh, you know, little girls or people hearing about how other people they overcome, not overcome completely, but, you know, you've been, when you were a little kid, as you say, you've been, you know, really, really... Um, almost skinny completely with only 700-800 calories a day and you know people and girls hearing your stories how you actually cannot deal with that they, I think that you know uh, people want to hear stories and as you say uh, you know through self-love and surrounding uh, with people that you know they, they, they look after you and take care of you and could be one of the main reason to start someone so what would you say to you know to say like to a little girl to deal with the uh, you know with the eating disorder? So I think as only really through coming from experience, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I would always mm -hmm. I would always recommend people to firstly find their triggers. So work out exactly what's causing you to have these negative associations with food so it always derives from something and whether that's a person an individual an experience you're going through a lot of the time nowadays it's actually social media and the people that we uh, have around ourselves so I've, I've always said to anyone that if you are on social media and you're scrolling through Instagram and someone pops up that you follow and you look at them and you say to yourself I wish I had their figure and it makes you feel uncomfortable you need to unfollow that person because you are not in the right mindset to be looking at these people no matter how big they are no matter how many followers they have I say to some of my followers if you ever looked at me in a negative way and it was affecting your mindset because you're comparing me to you then you need to unfollow me so one of the biggest tips is is looking at the people that you have around you who makes you feel good and who doesn't and the people that don't make you feel good realize that it's okay to I would say cut them out of your life but that may be a little harsh but it's okay to step away from people that are not filling up your cup that are not helping you become your best self and especially on a day like today which is international women's day it's us as women, we compare ourselves to other women. And we don't necessarily compare ourselves to the men. We compare ourselves to other women. And rather than using those women for inspiration and motivation, we start comparing ourselves to them because we want to be like them. And how is she successful and I'm not that successful? How does she have that body and I don't have that body? She's got the perfect relationship and I don't. And rather than saying, oh, 
she is a successful businesswoman. I know that I can be a successful mm. businesswoman as well. We end up comparing ourselves, which then ultimately create more limiting beliefs and then stops you from achieving what you want to achieve, like I mentioned at the beginning. So I think my top tip is just look at who you're surrounding yourself with. I mean, uh, Victoria, you know, I've heard people talk about and, you know, give advices to, you know, other people through the experience. But right now you are here one of the most, uh, I can say, wow. And thank you, Victoria, because I think uh, you say even for yourself that uh, if someone follow me and I'm like a quote unquote bad example, then you should follow me. So I think that that's a really, really, really good thing to come out and you know girls and boys hear that because uh, i totally agree with you you know we have some uh, some people that we have like uh, like a star for us and we just try to match them biting less or wherever else but yeah thank you victoria for that it was really really good message so yeah okay. yeah um so when you were back at that period of time <clears throat> you think you were influencing the, the biggest influence was the social media or the modeling that you were involving that you were you know going through the uh, anxiety disorder uh, you um, know, the, yeah. probably the modeling because my modeling came before social media so mm. I was a model I was in that industry before we really had social media so we had Facebook and obviously I don't know if you remember Bebo and MySpace and but that was that was more kind of community building than just speaking with friends rather than speaking to the wider demographic and it wasn't until instagram was launched that you could start hitting a wider demographic of people but even with instagram at the beginning it was very different to how it was now when i started my page it was you posted everything and anything about your dog to the cup of tea you were having to the rubbish cake you've just made and and your dinner that the picture quality was awful you just quickly take a snap and then post it straight away there was no thought behind it but that's why it was called instagram because it was instant it was your story instantly and now it's very different and you have to think about your content and what value are you going to put across and what is your impact and what is your message sometimes it can be very overwhelming and we lose our message in it, we lose our why, we lose the reason why we started that platform. So I coach a lot of people uh, grow their social medias now organically and the first thing I always ask them is what is your why? Why did you create that page? Who do you want to target? Who is your target audience? Who is your demographic? And this isn't coming from a business perspective of that you're selling products. This is literally a, a coming from a place of what type of people do you want to have on your page? What what if you are I don't know a a mum with two very young children and you just want to share your family life then. Your why is because you are so passionate about your children and you love your children that you want to share your experience and your memories with other people who are also in that demographic, so other mums, other family members. And if ultimately that helps you then work with brands in the future, if you grow your following and then you can work with brands about Johnson Baby for Kids or children's food, etc., then great. But ultimately any platform that we are on 
is all comes down to that first thing of what message do you have for the world because if you don't have a message and you don't have anything that you really want to say you're going to find it really hard to sustain something because you're going to end up not knowing what to say if that makes sense mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so because my next question was you know what someone has to do so you know to grow the social media or the personal brand originally uh, organically so that actually is uh, as you say to find the why yeah yeah okay. so i am i've recently actually brought out an ebook a guide which is called the social mm -hmm. secret so mm -hmm. anyone that's listening to this podcast if you just find me on instagram and, <laughs> and, and dm me the word social i'll be able to get that over to you um but ultimately we go through kind of the the top tips and tricks on how to grow within i mean i my, my expertise is within instagram but obviously you can repurpose those your content on a, across all different platforms tiktok linkedin facebook um but i i'm rubbish with those i'm not gonna lie i stick to instagram because i know it and then i have clubhouse i try and get on linkedin more i don't um i should do but i don't and same with facebook but again i know where my expertise is at the moment so I always say number one is know your why, know your message, like I just said. Number two is knowing your target audience. Again, who do you want to connect with? And then it's actually connecting with them. So we always expect everyone to come to us. We always expect our audience to find us. And we forget there are seven billion people um, across all our platforms that are being used. So your target audience are not necessarily just going to find you now because it's so saturated out there so you have to be proactive and find your audience so that means using the right hashtags searching those hashtags finding your client finding your consumer engaging with them and then ultimately driving them back to your page and when they come back to your page your page then needs to be filled with super impactful engaging content so our attention span on social media now is i think six seconds which is pretty scary and by that i mean that if you don't make an impact within the first six seconds someone's just going to scroll past you and go on to another post so whether that's using reels which is really effective right now on instagram and it's probably the only way you can really go viral on instagram is by utilizing the reels and reels is just a short form content for video right now on instagram it's very much similar to tiktok so it's a bit of a competitor for tiktok which is why they're prioritizing reels but you want to be making an impact on those videos you want to be either sharing some tips sharing something of value so you want people to be either sharing your content or saving your content and that is how you're going to grow but there are so many different things I could go into with how to grow on social media but it always comes back to being authentically you um, being authentically you is a term that is thrown about left right and center at the moment but it's so true because when people fall in love with you they fall in love with their brand so by sharing your story your experiences where you've come from and what you do that means that people are then gonna fall in love with you and then they like I said they fall in love with your brand and I've always said that I would rather have a thousand true fans than a hundred thousand followers a thousand true people who no matter what product you bring out no matter what service they will back you and support you a hundred percent 
Okay, cool. I mean, I can see that there's a lot of tricks out there and tips for someone to grow the uh, their brand. Uh, but I think because you know, last year when I was start doing my uh, my coach business and I opened my first uh, uh, Instagram account, it was it, you know it took you a lot of lot of time, a lot of time from your day. You know, because as you said, you have to try, have to find the right hashtags. You have to look. It just you know, I think it's it's a bit challenging, you know, to grow. I don't think it's really easy. I think you, I mean, easy, but mean easy. You just have to, you know, actually put some hours on that thing of your day. Yeah, you do. You have to be consistent. But yeah. it's if anything in life, you have to be consistent. And if you can't be consistent and it's not something that you find that is sustainable for you, then it's not the right platform for you. And I say that if people really we want to challenge ourselves in life which is amazing but sometimes we also look at things in a sense that you you create that limiting belief that I'm not going to be able to do it because I can't sustain it and it's, it's too much work it's too many hours that go behind it but then you wish you had done it in, in the future and that was one thing with Clubhouse I didn't want it to slip, slip through my fingers because I saw that it it was going to be such a big platform and it was going to blow up. And But I always say that with any platform you go on, on a, anything you do in life, whether that's a diet, whether that's starting a new, a new nutritional program, whether that's joining a new company, a new job role, a new venture, if you cannot sustain that, or even like a morning habit, if, if you were to look at that habit and think, can I do this for the next 20 to 30 years and enjoy it? then it's not worth doing because anything we do in life, we need to be enjoying it. If you're currently in a job role that you wake up every day and it's a chore to go to work and you don't enjoy it and it drains you and it makes you feel a way that you don't have any satisfaction in your life and it's taken away maybe your family life and your social life, that is not the right role for you. And I'm not saying right now that everyone needs to be going and quitting their jobs. But ultimately, that doesn't mean that you can't be working on a side hustle to then be able to quit that job that you hate. And that's where the hours may have to come in. And that's where maybe you may have to work a little bit longer. But then for the long run, within the next few years, you'll be able to wake up in the morning and think, I love what I do. I absolutely love it. I get satisfaction from my day. I know that I'm helping other people. And that's how I feel right now. And people say to me, how can you wake up so early every morning and you have so much energy and you love what you do? And it's just because of that. It's because I love what I do. So I'm, I'm, for me, getting up early is easy. I might still be tired. And I'm not saying sometimes physiologically it's not hard, but psychologically I love it so for me it it's easy so it's finding that thing in life and those aspects of your day that you can do whether that is on Instagram whether that's TikTok that you can do every single day for the next 40 50 years and it just comes as a habit because it's easy and you love it uh, you know, I can see that, you know, the clubhouse and the social media right now, it's really, really, really big part of our life. But in your life, let's say, you know, there's no social media, there's no clubhouse, there's no Instagram. What would you think you will do right now? So, hypothetically, nothing, I'd be working with children in schools, 
So I'd be uh, going to schools. Obviously, I know schools are back opening, so this is something that I'd like to do regardless of, of social media, etc. But I'd be working in schools, um, kind of giving children talks. Um, I'm also going into life coaching now, so I'm going to be doing a course very soon on that just just to have an accreditation behind it. So one of my goals is to be, like a, um, to be a teen coach. And like I mentioned before earlier on about giving the younger generation that sense of direction giving them a voice to be heard and also a voice to listen to so for me going into coaching is something that I will be doing regardless of whether social media is there and then so I suppose without social media that's probably where my main focus would be good 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 because um, you say about coaching because I like earlier uh, a lot of stuff that you say about you know even the uh the eating disorder and about you know the tips for the for the social media and uh, you you say one important thing you know what's your why and it's really really important for the people to find out their why because a lot of people they do something and they don't know why so for me you know you start with the really really important question to ask someone you know what's your why what's your reason doing yeah. it so yeah uh, I think it will be really good life coach. I'm sure about it. I don't oh, doubt. Thank you so I'm sure. Much. I'm sure. So I'm sure. Uh, so, what does success success looks like to you? Oh, I get asked this question all the time. It's <laughs> my favorite question. I think everyone gets asked this question. What does success mean to me? I'm going to use the word success in, in my answer, but success for me is being successful in something you love doing. Regardless of what that is, being able to wake up every single day, being content, being happy and feeling like you are free because success to everyone is different and success cannot be measured by the amount of, for some people it's a measure of money, for some people it's a measure of freedom and time. But for me, it's that measure of if I can wake up every day, know that I helped one more person that is for me the ultimate win and success and no matter what you decide to do in life whether that is being the CEO of a multi eight figure business or whether that is just being a solopreneur that is creating sustainable handmade tea towels for non-profit organization that's success you may not be earning nine figures but if you know that you can go to sleep happy and content, that is success. Good. Totally, totally agree with you, 100%. Uh, how are you dealing with failures in life? With? Failures. Failures. Failures is a tricky one because every day could... could amount to a failure. I mean, you, you, have have some, to... you have some goals and you fail to reach those goals. How are you... How you deal of course. With so what doesn't kill us will always make us stronger. And yeah. I think if we fail in life, it doesn't mean that you have failed in life. You might fail at certain aspects, but that just means that that wasn't meant for you. And you learn and you grow and you pick yourself back up. Because if you don't learn to pick yourself back up, then you end up just staying down. And 
it's getting up it's dusting yourself off and it's learning from those mistakes okay I, I may have failed on that doesn't mean I can't try again doesn't mean I can't come up come at it from a, a different direction or a different aspect and maybe that just means that you weren't ready at that point in your life at that point in time maybe you wasn't ready to take on that venture that challenge so it's rather than looking at things in a negative way and thinking what could I have done differently and it's it's taking that and thinking okay I failed at that for a reason what can I learn from that and what is that trying to teach me and once you look at it in a positive aspect of how your failures are teaching you then I think you then turn your failures into a win good good 100% agree Uh, what are you most proud of um what am I most proud of? Wow. Do you know what I very rarely speak highly of myself? I'm not used to it if I'm honest. <laughs> when people say what are you most proud of, I'm like, Oh nothing. Like I don't really know. I'm not really proud of anything. But of course I'm I'm proud of who I am today. I'm proud of overcoming the challenges that I've had in life. And I suppose I'm most proud of rewiring my mindset. I'm most proud that I can sit here today on on this stage and on your podcast and and think I am so happy and content with where I am in life. Um, I have all the right people around me. I have the right support network around me. I wake up every day happy. Um, I'm obviously we all have bad days. Of course, that's normal. I'm not saying that every day I'm, I'm at a high vibration. Sometimes I'm not, and that's completely normal. But I'm just most proud that I I've I've been able to retrain my brain, rewire my mindset, and just I'm able to work at my highest capability and be happy with anything that I achieve. Now, you talk about rewiring and uh, all the stuff that you do. Uh, I imagine, I'm sorry, I assume that spirituality somehow helps you a lot? Yes, 100%. So spirituality for me has been huge. Um, Every morning I do my manifestation, my gratitude, my affirmations. Spirituality and and learning to look within yourself is extremely important. And I love meditating. I meditate every day, but meditation for everyone is very different. So meditation doesn't have to be sitting there cross-legged with your eyes closed or lying down and 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 trying to to actively meditate meditation can come in the form of running walking baking dancing meditation is just a form of being able to listen to your thoughts being able to take a step out of the current world be present within yourself listen to your thoughts assess your thoughts and that is where meditation comes from that's where the highest levels of creativity come from because you're not thinking of anyone else of anything else you're just thinking of you and how you feel and what thoughts are coming in and how you can heal yourself heal your mind heal your body and really look towards your inner self your inner self critic your ego and um yeah spirituality for me has been a massive role um in creating that positive mindset so would you say that all your you know manifestation somehow that you were visualizing or imagining yourself somehow they've been you know true did it happen in your life um not every manifestation no but 
when you start manifesting things into your life and you start seeing it, then you're able to manifest more and it all starts with being grateful. So if you're not grateful for what you have, you'll never be able to manifest what you want. Mm -hmm. So it all stems from gratitude and gratitude for me is the building foundations of anything. So being grateful for every single day. If you want more money, you need to be grateful for the money that you have. If you want to manifest a new car, you need to be grateful for the cards that you already have. If you want to manifest the perfect relationship, you need to be grateful for the relationships you have around you right now. So it all stems from gratitude. Once you start being grateful for what you have and you look at life in that positive way and you start putting out that positive energy, that energy will come back to you. Yeah, totally, totally agree with you. Um... Do you do you trust anyone with your life? Um, probably just my parents. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just my parents. Other than that, no. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you believe in true love? Yes, I do. Um, I do believe in true love. Yeah, I I think that everyone has a soulmate or a twin flame. Um, and your person your soulmate is out there and we always say oh when are they going to come and when are we going to find them and but they are there and you have to trust the process and it all comes from knowing your worth as soon as you know your worth and you love yourself as cringe as it may seem um you will not find someone if you are not the best version of yourself so once you become the best version of yourself then that person will come to you so it's all about working on yourself first and then realizing that everything else will just fall into place Cool, cool. Everything will fall in place. Uh, what do you think your worst your worst trait is? Uh, stubbornness. <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> I, that is my worst trait. Um, good in some ways, but yeah, ultimately, being stubborn is definitely, definitely my worst trait because I just won't back down. Never, ever. Well, sometimes it's really good as well. So yeah, let's say that it's. Uh, but you know, we have it. We Greek people, we have that. It's yeah, we're really stubborn. We're really stubborn. Yeah. What's the most memorable lesson you learned from your parents? Um, the most memorable lesson is to keep on knocking, to keep on trying. So one of my favorite quotes is, "If opportunity doesn't, if opportunity doesn't knock, then build a door." Mm. Um, so if you don't hear back from someone ring them try again try again keep emailing because if you keep pestering someone keep pushing their buttons they're going to reply to you so um, my parents just taught me to basically what I mean by that is just to keep going keep working towards that thing you want and don't let anyone stop you don't take no for an answer um, just keep going and if someone says no to you then that's not meant for you don't take that as a, as a failure again take that as a win and move on good totally agree um you know how's how how you find the relationships nowadays i think that it's really i mean especially now with the lockdown uh you know a lot of a lot of couples from my experience what i've seen either they're breaking up or then you know they have a babies so uh, i don't know how you see the uh, the relationships nowadays if they change compared to the past and uh yeah Yeah, I mean, I suppose I'm, I'm seeing the same with um, with friends, etc. They're either breaking up or having children, etc. But I think with relationships nowadays, people always want something better. So 
people are not necessarily always content with what they have because they think that the grass is greener on the other side and and like you said we're not grateful for what we have in front of us and we're always looking for something else when realistically it's you need to work on yourself first before it you find validation from anyone else you need to find validation within yourself so I think that's a lot of relationships fail because one there's a lack of communication and two we're looking for someone else to validate parts of our life that actually we should be able to validate ourselves with yeah 100% 100% uh, I'm gonna make a question that is I mean it's really general but you know since you're a, a young woman and I'm, I'm sure you especially after you become really famous a lot of especially men can um, you know knock your door and stuff so what a woman really wants um support yeah i mean Someone's you know it's support. always a question that i mean you can it's really general but you know like in a really general kind of discussion right now what do you think in your in your opinion that a woman really wants like you know like you you want like physically i don't know you want like the mentality you want i don't know <clears throat> just um like i said someone to support you someone to support you no matter what i think is ultimately what women want um it's not necessarily obviously someone to the the mental aspects of someone being able to make you laugh and align with you spiritually and morally as well but for someone to be able to support you in any endeavor you go into any venture and just be there for you no matter what that is ultimately what a woman wants. Okay, okay, I see. See, I think it's, uh, I think the same thing from a woman to um, to a man as well, you know, supporting and, you know, being being there next to each other is really, really, really important. Um, would, you, would you rather be crazy rich or deep in love? Uh, deep in love. Deep in love, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, What's the nicest thing you ever done for someone? Uh, what's the nicest thing I've ever done for someone? Oh gosh, I don't know. You've got <laughs> now. Um, oh, the nicest thing that I've ever done for someone. I I wouldn't have done anything like hugely big. I like to do something for someone else every day. Like even for example, today I went to. I went to food shopping and someone didn't have any money to get a trolley so I'll just give like give them a pound to get a trolley if I go to a coffee shop I might pay for someone's coffee that's behind me um just I think if you can make someone else happy every day mm. then yeah. that makes you happy mm -hmm. so I, I wouldn't say I've done anything like huge and extravagant for people but I try and do something at least every day for someone else Good, good. You know, and you know, you know very well that thing lifts you up as well. In the same time, yeah, it lifts 100%. you up, it makes you feel good. So, uh, what's the ideal man for you? Um, the ideal man again. I mean, except of the support. I mean, you know, there should be some other traits as well. I mean, I mean basically, someone who's a unicorn, someone who's, <laughs> <laughs> who's everything. So. So, someone that can make me laugh someone that can also challenge me I think that's really important someone that can challenge you in a sense it doesn't feel like a criticism it's just them trying to help you because that's coming from their heart um, someone who has a personality someone who is also very 
independent themselves and they know what they want in life but they also want you to be independent they want to help you with your own ventures and and your own goals in your life and again someone who will support you through everything and someone who wants to grow with you um not just grow above you that actively wants to to grow with you okay guys make notes <laughs> uh, who is your hero and uh, what qualities makes them your choice um, my hero is my hero was actually my granddad um, so my granddad was a very very special man in my life I absolutely worship the ground he walked on um, he he ultimately provided I'll talk about here. Uh, he provided everything that I think a man should be in a sense that he loved my nan unconditionally. He actively actually saved her life as well a few years ago. He he sang, he was amazing, he was he he just loved every single person around him. He was an ambulance man as well, so his main role was to help people and that's all he ever wanted to do is help people, but He um he was a very very special person, and uh, yeah. So I think my my whole family, all of my family, and my role models, they're everything to me. And I think that family will always be everything to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful to have such a amazing support network of my family around me. Yeah, I think it's really important when you have uh, you know family who loves you and supports you. It's really 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 important. Uh, what makes you most uncomfortable? Um, talking about myself <laughs> without a doubt absolutely talking about myself I, I hate it, it makes me feel very uncomfortable, I don't like being vulnerable but I know that by being vulnerable it helps other people so um, I'd be as vulnerable as I can be um, but yeah, I don't like it but I do it because I know that if I'm helping someone else then that's all that matters so yeah I think that's why you have to go back to YouTube videos you know, because in the end yeah. of the day as you say, vulnerability somehow you know, help other people who've been through the same so yeah. I think that uh, you know, I, I know you you know, from the morning early you deal with the, with the group of the room that you have with the other you know uh, people from the you know, the group in six thirty that you do yeah. yeah yeah so but I think you just slowly go back to YouTube I think that whenever you have time it could be really really yeah. work either with recipes or uh, you know <laughs> yeah um, no I agree have I you agree. ever broke someone's heart uh yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have um, I think only once no twice maybe once properly but uh, yeah not something that um, I want I, I done for out of the badness of my heart but um, yeah I think everyone's probably broke where do you see the world in five years where do I see the world in five years um, online <laughs> <laughs> everything's going to be in the cloud pretty much um, unless we decide to do something about it I think everything and I don't think it's a bad thing by the way but I think that we have to be very careful with the world right now because it can either go two ways it can either be extremely detrimental for people or we can really use this as a way to grow within ourselves and 
make an impact before it does become saturated. But I think the world is going to become very saturated with opinions in five years' time. Yeah. So I'm going to go straight to my last question, which is um, what is one thing that you want to accomplish in 2021? In 2021? I actually want to have my own podcast. Okay. That's what I want to accomplish is having my own, um, having my own podcast. But uh, yeah, so that's probably the one thing that I'm probably going to be working on hugely. Well, and to become an accredited life coach. Well, I'm sure this is going to be a big deal for you. I think you're going to make it. So, yeah. Uh, so, guys, just uh, uh, go check her website, victoriawilford.com, uh, where she has some really delicious and healthy recipes, along with some, uh, along with the eight-week training plan, right? Yeah. Called yeah. Shock. Yeah. So, yeah, because I've seen some really interesting recipes there. It's amazing. Yeah. So, if you go to a www.victoriawinterford.com you'll find my eight-week online training guide um, all of my recipe books and also if you go to the secret uh, sorry the socialsecret.co.uk you'll find my new ebook and guide on how to grow organically on social media or ultimately just uh, direct message me on Instagram and um, my DMs are always open for people so um, I'm always more than happy to help anyone. So just pop me a message. I reply to absolutely everyone as well. Brilliant. Uh, Victoria, thank you so much. Uh, no, thank you Thank for you really, me. really. It's been really, an absolute pleasure. It was, it was a pleasure as well. You know, I think that uh, we touched some really interesting things, especially about, uh, you know, your, uh, your childhood uh, experience with your eating disorder, but obviously about some tricks that you can that you gave to people and obviously if some people want some further tips about social media instagram and even even clubhouse please give her a follow and then uh, i'm sure that uh, in the future when you're gonna have your uh, podcast i'm sure it's gonna be like even more getting you know the the experience and the stuff you want to say out there to the people and help them Yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and um, I'm really grateful for you having me on here today. Thank you Victoria, so much. Victoria, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Well, have okay. a lovely day. You too. And, uh, you too. Really see. Thank you, you too. Bye. 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 Bye.